Can I just talk to you from my heart tonight? I've got some notes, but I have something stirring on the inside that I, this is kind of a continuation following the Spirit's lead, leading to fruitfulness. But um, it's kind of a continuation of the last time I spoke, kind of the second half, in addition to some other things. But just uh, something that the Holy Spirit's been really, um, and this is our core here that's here tonight, so I'm preaching to the choir <laughs> pretty much. But, you know, how many want to grow? How many want more of God? I know you do. The Word says that those who hunger and thirst will be filled and that's us. That's the ones that are here tonight. Amen. And I know there's other people that are part of that, but or maybe unable to be here tonight. But I just was um, really uh, wanted to focus on the importance of, you know, we talked about the importance of following the word and the spirit. They went together, the word and the spirit, last time. Ooh. But um, last week when we were gone, I don't know if y'all know this or who who knows this, but it was kind of funny. We uh, we have a ring on our door. Y'all know camera. It's really loud. And um, we were informed that while we were gone that we had a lady. Our street is wide. Y'all know it's pretty wide where we live. And this lady uh, was driving up our street and was distracted by something in her car. <laughs> and she hit my son's truck first, and then she hit our Jeep second. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that street is, I'm ringing up here. That street's really wide. But you know what? She was distracted by what was going on on the inside. And um, the Lord really spoke to my heart and said, this is how a lot of Christians are living. Instead of living on the straight and narrow path and being led by the Spirit, they're being distracted by things that are going on on the inside and they're running into stuff un, un, without really unnecessarily not needing to because there's a way that seems right to the man but the end of it is death and there's a way that there's a way the Holy Spirit has provided for us what I want to talk to you about is that way that the Holy Spirit has given us you know the word tells us that he, the spirit of God is on the inside. He's leading us and guiding us. He's the spirit of truth. He leads us and guides us into all truth. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's, let me say this first. This is another thing. Let me go here first, and then I'll, I'll get on that. This was something else that he told me today when I was preparing. He said, boldness doesn't always come by the Holy Spirit. Some people speak out boldly. And they're not speaking by the Holy Spirit. It can come from your flesh too. And then it's from the wrong spirit. And it kills. It's unproductive for the things of the Holy Spirit. And it's based on selfish ambition, which James talks about. It brings confusion, unrest, and rebellion. So we have to be careful deciphering what boldness we're operating in. Because there's a boldness that the Holy Spirit will give us to step out and do something by the unction of the Holy Ghost. But we're called to gentleness and meekness. And so we have to be led by the Spirit when to know when that boldness is by Him or when it's just our flesh. You see what I'm saying? Flesh can get us into trouble. And, and every day we make a choice. 
you know, we are, we are, do you want me to change mics? Okay, it's just distracting me. <laughs> so we need to be skillful in knowing how to follow the Holy Spirit. And what we're doing day to day is learning how to be skillful in following his voice, following his ways. But we have to be listening. You know, uh, our relationship with the Holy Spirit comes through our salvation. Everybody has a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But intimacy only comes from surrender. And not everybody is surrendered. Um, I, you know, the way I knew my husband back then, boyfriend, was we got together and did things. We communicated. And in order for you to be able to walk with him, you must talk with him. You have to communicate. There has to be an intimacy. There has to be a communication going on where you know his voice. And I know this is elementary, but is it? <laughs> Are we doing it? It's, and, you know, I, I heard this, that friction happens sometimes when there's movement. Uh, it's it's a, a thing that happens when there's movement. There's friction. And when you're trying to move towards things of the spirit, there's going to be friction with your flesh. Your flesh is not going to like it. There's going to be some things, you know, in the natural with, with what is flesh? We can describe flesh as, uh, you know, our, our fleshly desires, you know, sitting in front of the TV too much and watching things we don't need to, pushing away from the table, just different things that, you know, maybe listening to something we don't need to, maybe talking about something or someone we don't need to. Those are all fleshly things. Those are things that our flesh likes. It, have you noticed? It kind of feeds on it a little bit. You kind of like it a little bit. You, you can admit it. It's okay because everybody here it has flesh. <laughs> and we've all experienced it. But what we're going to have to do is push away from the flesh and submit it to God. And, and this is something that we can't do in and of our own strength or our own ability. It has to be by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us to lead us and help us with this. We're not without help. Isn't that wonderful? That's the good news. So Christians have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but not all Christians have intimacy with him. There's a relationship with, I have a relationship with my friends and my family, but the intimacy is only with my spouse, hopefully. And, you know, there's intimacy with friends, certain friends. You have a, a more intimate relationship, those who you share Christ with, and you have a common ground. You know, I believe our women's group has a, a, an intimacy in its own way where we are growing together, we're coming together, we're hearing the word, and it's developing something in us, and it's causing us to be more connected, and probably the same with the men. I don't know, I haven't been in the men's, but I'm assuming that's what is happening there. But um, it's important that we're listening to him, and we're following him, because the more we follow, what, what you feed on is what's going to grow. So if we're feeding our flesh, the flesh is going to grow. And the spirit is going to get quieter and quieter. And so, you know, I've been talking to Braden about this, that the importance of listening to my voice the first time and responding when I say something is it could mean your life. It could mean you stepping out on the curb when there's a car coming and me saying, stop. And you di disobey and think, oh, I'll stop later. Well, obedience is now. You can't just do it when you want to. And so I think 
this is a real key for us as Christians is we have to be obedient to his voice and we, his, to his leading. And we might dismiss some of the leading with the face of grace. Does that make sense? I think sometimes we can say, well, I'm just under grace. I'll just, I'll just uh, step out and do it and he'll, he'll uh, forgive me and catch up with me later. No, I really believe that if we're going to step up and go into a deeper place and a deeper walk in the spirit to follow his voice, to hear him and to grow, we're going to have to obey him now. And I, it's our heart's desire, you know, Pastor Steve and I, it's our desire for our church to grow deeper. And I believe we are. I, I believe we are going deeper. But this this core right here, this is these are the people. You guys are the people who are hearing the voice of the Spirit and jumping in. So when the others come in that are unfamiliar, they're sitting next to Emma or Miss Melanie, and they're responding to the Spirit. And the people sitting next to them are like, oh, I'm going too. It's kind of like this. It's like... Um, I only had three kids, but I've heard that when you have more, lots of kids, the older ones take care of the younger ones a lot of times. When there's like seven or eight of them, they just kind of, yeah, step in. And it's because they've been trained already. They know what to do. And so when the younger ones come into the family, then the older ones set the example because they're more mature. That's the way it is with, it should be with church. We have mature Christians here and people that know God and have, have some have grown up in, in God, some haven't, but some are developing and learning quickly, very quickly, expediting your maturity in Christ. And you are the ones who are setting the example for when the younger, immature ones come in and, you know, when we're flowing up here and there's things going on and I don't know, we jump in and run, whatever happens that, that day, the mature ones are stepping in because we're following. We're used to hearing his voice. We're used to being led by the Spirit. We do it, and guess what? The younger ones join in. I would much rather be in a church where there's 50 people on fire for God and are ready to jump in than a whole convention center full of people that you're having to figure things out and nobody's wanting to follow the Holy Spirit because it's a big to-do. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that he can't move in those places because I've seen him do it. You know, when I was traveling with Dad Hagen, I was 19 years old, very wet, what is it, under the ears, behind the ears. And uh, I, I was very quiet and very, don't make me say anything. I'll just sing, you know. And I remember there was a service we were having, and we were in a huge convention center in Miami, Florida, thousands of people. And Dad Hagen is sitting up here on the chair, and the Holy Spirit was moving with the group, with the team. And I remember I was sweating. There was just, there was just, we were just jumping, and it was just, there was a fire. There was a fire. And I look back at him, and he's laughing, and he's slapping his leg, and Everybody's kind of looking at each other like, what's next? What's next? And I, oh my goodness. I was listening to the Spirit, and the Spirit said, you need to say something. So I just boldly stood up and said, did you come here to be a spectator? Or did you come here to be a participator? Is this meeting about this man 
oh my goodness, <laughs> they came to hear the man. Or is this meeting about the Holy Ghost? I thought I had lost my job at that point. I look back at Brother Hagen and he's like slapping his leg. Yeah, and they're all, yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's, that's the key. It's not about a man. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the body of Christ moving with the direction of the Holy Spirit. But we have, we're in training. Every day we're in training. And we have to choose it. In the morning, I want you to do this. Get up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have to say to me today? My ears are open to your voice. My mouth is open to say what you want me to say. I want to do what you want me to do today. And be keenly aware of his presence. Because it's spirit responding to spirit. It's our spirit responding to his spirit. That's going to enable and activate intentionally what God has put on the inside of us. You see what I'm saying? I have deviated from my notes once again. So John 16, 7 says, However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it is good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Jesus is talking. He said, because if I don't go away, the comforter, look at all the words, all the descriptions of the comforter or the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's a helper. He's an advocate. He's an intercessor. He's a strengthener. He's a standby. He will not come to you in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship. So Jesus had been with them. He had been walking with them, talking with them, healing with them, feeding them, clothing them, doing whatever, making provision for them in every way. He took time away and he listened to what his father would say to him. And then he would do what his father told him to do. He was setting an example for them. But he said, it's better that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come and dwell on the inside. And that word, it is advantageous. Advantageous for the Holy Spirit to come rather than Jesus because he was on the inside. He came to live on the inside. It's expedient, it's advantageous. It is to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. That if I go, I'll ask the Father and he will send the comforter. I'll send you another. That word another means just like what you had. That means Jesus. Just like what they had. Jesus was there for them. And the Holy Spirit came. So every day you get up, you've got Jesus on the inside. You've got the one who, the greater one on the inside who can lead you and guide you. And how many times do we, we are trying to flail around in our day, trying to figure out what, what God has and what's next. It's because we're not listening. We have not trained ourselves to listen and obey. I know there's been times when I've said things to my kids and they have not listened and they've not obeyed. It's like what Gipe was saying the other Sunday. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Remember? Are you meditating on it? Are you acting on it? Are you hearing what he's saying? Are you listening? Do we, how many times do we stop telling our kids? Sometimes I get I, I, I don't want to, oh, Braden got a lizard today for his birthday. We've done this before. I told him, he asked for a lizard. I said, you get a lizard, I'm not telling you one day to feed it. 
It is your responsibility. And, you, and my thing I'm trying to train him right now is you don't live by excuses and you don't live by blame. You blame somebody else. You blame me because your thing died because I didn't remind you. It's your responsibility. You do not live by blame or excuses. So how many times do we do that? We live by blame and excuses. Well, Lord, you didn't tell me. Well, how many times have I tried to tell you something and you didn't listen to me? You were in disobedience and I'm just, you know, his voice gets quieter and quieter because we keep moving away from it. Whereas we get up next to his heart, which is right next to his ear and his voice, and we can hear what he has to say. But if we're moving away and getting closer to the things of the flesh, then the flesh is what's going to be uh, uh, conducting our, our, uh, our wants and our desires and our, what we'll, we'll be hearing. So, Jesus said, I'll send another. Everything Jesus was, the Holy Spirit is to us. The Holy Spirit gives us the advantage. Say, I have the advantage. It's on the inside. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to do what? To do what? Y'all are writing. <laughs> That's okay. To profit. Profit. One translation says profit and for good. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the Amplified says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good, and for profit. See, what's connected to the spirit has profit. We should be profiting every day in some form or fashion. When the Holy Spirit is on the inside and you're following and you're obeying him, you'll profit. The Holy Spirit is never involved in loss. Never involved in loss. He's only ever involved in profit. Amen? Let's look at Romans 8.1. This is not in my notes here, but I added this afterwards. So sorry, you don't have this one. But Romans 8.1, y'all are familiar with this. You know this scripture. This is the Amplified. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh. Who live not after the dictates of the flesh. So if I'm living after the dictates of the flesh, then boy, how do you better believe there's going to be some condemnation? There's going to be some shame. There's going to be some flesh that tries to dominate me. Do you see what I'm saying? So we have to live by the dictates of the spirit. So uh, we, were, we were in our pool a couple nights ago, and uh, which is a rarity. We were trying to take advantage of it some more because my husband's spending so much time getting that thing clean, and he finally got it. He figured it out, what was going on. So anyways, he's a smart man. He figured out minerals. How many know there's some minerals you can put in it to make it clean? So we were in it, and we were just oohing and on over how clear it was. And uh, we have these two trees at the end of the pool that are, have grown. Oh, do you have that picture? There's a picture of trees. Yes, our lovely yard where the dog abides, he's eating up our grass. So anyways, look at the, yeah, that's a, whatever. Look at the trees. So there's two trees there, and we planted, I say we planted, he planted those trees. I bought them, he planted. 
one, one, plant, one plants, one waters. I did the buying. He did the planting. <laughs> God brings the increase. Anyway, so I bought those at the same time. What? The same way with the kids. Um, I bought those at the same time, thinking they were the same kind of tree. Because, you know, you buy them together, you're thinking they're the same tree. So uh, we were looking at them, and Braden said, he said, how did you know those weren't the same? I said, I thought they were when we planted them, but they weren't. And he said, how would you know? I said, because one produced fruit and one didn't. And, and the leaves are different as well. Can you tell a little bit? So you couldn't tell that the trees were different until something was happening. There was some productivity. And what I'm saying here is that we can all look the same as Christians, but what the defining moment is what's coming out of us. The fruit that is developing, the, what's coming from us. And uh, the fruit is the evidence and what's going on the inside and how we're connected to the vine. So let me read this. Galatians 5.16. This is the ESV. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against, or opposing, one translation says, against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife. Now, if you notice, the first few are, are sexual things, but then the next few, I just lost my place, the next few, uh, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, those are all uh, products of anger, products of attitudes. Nine of them, I believe there is. And then it goes on to say um, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And those are all uh, from dr drunkenness, basically. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. A lot of times we read through this. I'm going to just pause there. We read through these things and go, oh, that's not me. I don't, I don't do any of those things. Because we kind of lump them together. We start reading those first two couple, and we're like, oh, that's not me, that's not me. And then we zip through the rest of them. But if you look back here, it says strife. How many have ever been in strife? Jealousy, fits of anger. How many have ever gotten mad? Rivalries, dissension, division, envy. I think all those things probably we've we've tipped our we've tipped our toe into that pool before, right? And so it says, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But then it goes on to say, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus who have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, this is where we can say, praise God for the grace of God and the mercy of God. But we have been, we have come from an incorruptible seed. Everything that is produced from, all fruit comes from a seed. And we've come from the incorruptible seed of Jesus. And that seed has produced fruit in our lives. Amen? And so we have a hope 
that we have a way to walk in. We just have to choose it each day, right? And so the flesh, let me just read this because this is out of my, uh, my study Bible. I think I put this in there. The flesh produces works from the Greek word erga, which implies hard work or hard labor. So if you're working for your salvation, you're in the flesh. But the spirit produces fruit. The word fruit in verse 22 is from the Greek word karpos, which describes the fruit of plants, the fruit of trees, or the fruit of one's body, such as a person's children or offspring. Regardless of whether it is a plant, animal, or human, all fruit is produced from the same, from some kind of seed. If there's no seed, there's no fruit. And the kind of seed that is sown determines the fruit that will be produced. So I've never seen an apple tree planted and rooted and grow and produce bananas, have you? Or a watermelon or whatever. And so, the moment you receive Jesus as your Savior by faith, God sowed his spirit and his word in your heart like a seed, and you were spiritually born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. God's seed inside you immediately became, began to produce God. In other words, godly attributes or fruit, and you should expect your life to yield the fruit of the Spirit, for that is the seed that has been sown into your heart. Aren't you thankful? So it's not about us trying to make it happen. It's not about our works, lest any man should boast, but it's because of whose we are. It's because of what's growing on the inside. Amen? That we're planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. And so I'm thankful that I don't have to worry. All I have to do is choose. You know, that scripture, we love that scripture. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we, that's not just a one and a done thing. That's an every day. Choose you this day and then choose you tomorrow day and then the next day. And it's not just choosing who I'm going to serve, but how I'm going to serve. I'm going to show you something. There's <clears throat> there's, there's, there's people who don't have an understanding of walking in the spirit. There's people who don't understand that they are a spirit being, that we are a spirit. We live in a body. We have a mind, will, and emotions, but we are to flow and operate and walk in this place the Holy Spirit has given us. It's a place where there's peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, this is the place that we stay in. We can tell when we've stepped out. How many can tell? The other day, I, I don't know what I was doing. I think I, we had just gotten back, and I was just, I was exhausted. I don't know what I was exhausted from, but travel just makes you tired. And uh, I didn't do much that day. And I, I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me. He said, you didn't abide in me much today. What? <laughs> he said that to me. Because I just did my own thing. I fleshed out. How many have had a flesh out day? Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to just relax. You need to relax. You need to rest. But I, I literally, I hadn't gotten in the word. I hadn't done much of, I did my own thing that day. I was in my flesh. And I'm admitting it to you because I want you to understand that this is how it happens. We can quickly step over into what we want and forget about what he wants or what he's given us to do for that day. 
Now, it's not like we're here reporting, Sergeant, yes, sir, yes, sir, what do you have for me today, sir? I mean, there are orders for our life, and we follow after those orders. The word talks about that, that he has ordered our steps. But we don't need to live under condemnation, but I felt a check, and I felt a correction, and I said, you're right, I'm going to correct that tomorrow, because it was already the end of the day. So, but aren't you glad when he corrects us? I am. Because the father, the ones that he corrects are the ones that he loves. And so I did a teaching once, how do you know God loves you if he's correcting you? (laughs) If he's not correcting you, then oops. But of course we know he loves us. But I'm just saying though, I was like arrested in my spirit that I had just kind of done whatever. And it was time for me to step up and do something else. Now, I don't know about you, but I love getting in the Word. How many like getting in the Word? When you get in that place and you start feeding on, and oh, you get in Revelation, just reading, it, it, there's something that happens. Your spirit feels satisfied. Y'all know what I'm talking about, that warm, fuzzy feelings like, why did I wait so long? This is where I belong. You know, you just get that yay feeling on the inside, and you're, and it's like your eyes are open, and you haven't really read anything that was any like aha moment. It was just you got in. You just got in. And it's there for us all the time. And he's beckoning for us to come. Get in. Get in. And, I, you know, we were, we were worshiping earlier and we were singing Holy Spirit. You know, let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us experience. We can do that on a day-to-day basis. Just fellowshipping with him, just acknowledging him, just talking to him, just letting him lead us. How many like to be led by the Holy Spirit? There's times when I, you know, my personality is, is a strong, y'all know, and there's times when I just want somebody else to lead. I want my husband to lead me. I want him to do the planning and do the directing, and, and, and I like it that I don't have to do that all the time. And The Holy Spirit's like that for our lives on a day-to-day basis, if we'll listen, if we'll listen. And I'm going to tell you, if you'll know, there'll be a satisfaction in your spirit, uh, a rest in your spirit when you've been letting him lead. When you're not letting him lead, there'll be this frustration and upsetness. (laughs) I know that's not really a word, but it's important that we let him lead. Amen? Amen. So this is, that earlier one was a note from Rick Renner. This is a note from my, my study Bible. It says, these virtues are characterized as fruit in contrast of works. So we're in the flesh, we're in works. When we're in the spirit, we're, we have fruit, right? Only the Holy Spirit can produce them and not our own efforts. Another contrast is that whereas The works of the flesh are plural. The fruit of the Spirit is one and indivisible. Do you ever notice that? The works of the Spirit. When the Spirit fully controls the life of a believer, he produces all of these graces. The first three concern our attitude towards God. Love, joy, peace. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Because when, okay, let me read this first. The first Three are the attitude towards God. The second triad deals with social relationships. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Patience, kindness, goodness. And I thought about it like this. If I'm being patient, 
If I'm being kind, if I'm giving goodness, I'm certainly walking in love. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I'm not omitting the fact that we need to walk in love. I'm saying when we're being patient, when we're being kind, or we're, we're, being, we're showing goodness to people, that is the love of God. That is the peace of God. That is walking in the joy of the Holy Ghost. And so we're receiving from him the love, the joy, the peace, and we're giving to others the uh, patience, kindness, goodness. And then the last three here describes principles that guide a Christian's conduct. It describes repentance metaphorically as a, as a crucifixion of the old life of sin, turning from it fully and finally. The tense of the verb indicates a decisive act which, which we performed at our conversion. So basically, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, I'm giving that to others. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the conduct of my life. I'm a faithful person in every area of my life. I'm gentle, faithfulness, gentleness, and self, and I have self-control. Does that make sense? Because um, we kind of just throw those all out there and say, well, I'm walking in love, but I'm not walking in this. And I'm walking in this, but I'm not walking in this. Well, we know that love covers it all. And if we're walking in love, we're probably walking in all of it, right? But I know in my life, that kindness, I just want to focus on this one here. Kindness, this is the Strong's definition for kindness. It's goodness in action. It's sweetness of disposition. Gentleness in dealing with others. Benevolence, kindness, affability, which means the quality of having a friendly, good-natured ability. The word describes the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing your patience. Has anyone ever had anybody tax your patience? Me. This is what kindness does. We respond out of kindness. The Holy Spirit removes abrasive qualities from the character of one under his control. The reason why I'm hitting this one is because I, I, have, I feel like the Lord's been hammering this in my heart. And the number one place where this needs to be effective is in our homes. If we are not, yes, if we are not, I got an energetic yes. If we are not acting in kindness when we're, when we're not on, when we're off at home, we don't got it. We're not walking in the spirit. We've got we've to push the kindness button and remember that this is my sister. This is my brother. This is a person who has feelings and they are, are needing me to be kind and sensitive and loving. Because and, that's where the love and the, and the peace and the joy and all that comes into action when I'm showing kindness. I don't know about you, but I like to eat fruit off the tree when it's really yummy and it's juicy and it's nice and it, and it tastes good. It makes me want to go back for more. When a Christian treats me snotty and yucky, it doesn't make me want to come back for more. How about you? But when somebody is ooey-gooey nice and loving and kind, and that's what our church is, I believe our people are so sweet, it's the fruit that they want to partake of again and again. That's what makes people want, you know, to come back and, and receive what we have to give because that is the fruit of the Spirit. That is evidence that he's flowing in our lives. If we're sharp, edgy, 
if our boldness comes across not out of the fruit of the spirit, but in a way where we're just being, this is the way it is. If we act like that, we put boundaries down. This is how I am. Tough luck. This is my personality. You know, that's not the fruit of the spirit. We have to be aware of what the fruit of the spirit, how the, how the spirit would be uh, uh, receiving someone and how we would be giving something to someone. Does that make sense? So, because uh, we want people to want God, not say all oh, those Christians are just, you know, bitter fruit, bitter fruit. There's a bitter root. There's bitter fruit. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Okay, so when we walk in the spirit and fruit is coming forth, it'll make people want to come back for more. <clears throat> John 15, 1 through 8. This is a very familiar scripture. You guys know this. I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Let me just stop there. So those trees that I showed you a picture of, uh, my husband was pruning them one day, and I came out and I screamed, don't prune my trees. And he was like taking them way down. He said, if I don't take them down, they're going to take over the, the yard. And I think because of me, we waited too long to prune those trees, and they don't bear any fruit anymore. They look okay. They've got, you know, nice leaves. But have you seen any fruit on them? They don't bear any fruit. So pruning is necessary in our lives. There's adjustments and changes and things. And even though it hurts a little bit, we have to know that on the other side, there's growth and there's productivity and there's fruit that comes from our lives. So if God's talking to us about some areas or if we say something from up here that may, might step on toes, just wear your steel-toed shoes and don't get mad at us because we're wanting you to grow. We're wanting you to bear fruit, right? Because it says here, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear, bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. Now, a lot of people like to quote that scripture right there. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask what you will and shall be done. And they're not abiding. It's like me that day, the Lord said to me, you didn't abide in me much today. So, and you know, I'm, I didn't take myself out of him. You see what I'm saying? But I wasn't talking to him much that day. I was doing my own thing. I was listening to my flesh that day. I was tired. <laughs> By this, my father is glorified, and you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. This is how we prove that we are his disciples. When we are in the word, when we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're following his voice, and we're doing what he's told us to do. We're obeying his voice. Amen? So, and I want to just encourage with something here. Um, it's important that we're not leaning on our own understanding. We're dragging the Holy Spirit into our mental realm and telling him this is how it's going to be. A lot of times I think he's trying to lead us and, 
and, and do things in our life, and we're telling him how it's going to be. Well, this is, this is what I think, God. What, about, what do you think? <laughs> Have you ever been out to eat with somebody, and they just tell you all their woes? You may not know them very well, and they just tell you all their stuff. And then you walk away thinking, well, I was going to offer them some help or some advice, but they didn't give me a chance. Sometimes we do that to the Holy Spirit. We come in, and he's ready to listen, but he's ready to give us some help. And we're just offloading everything that's going on in our lives. Lord, I need this. I need that. You know, when's this going to change? And I don't understand this. And okay, and by, that's all the time I have. See you later. You know, we've got we've to give him a chance. That's what the communing is. Where we shut our mouths and listen with our spirit and let him speak to us. Give us direction. Maybe it's through the word. There's, I've gotten direction from, uh, from songs before, just in worship. The Lord will speak to me about, you know, one of my kids through a song or something. And it encourages me. It gives me life. Because he's, he's wanting to give us life in those times. But if we're just laying it all out for him, he has no chance to do that. And what kind of a relationship would I have with a friend or uh, my husband if I went in and just talked to him and told him everything that was wrong and then I never said, well, how was your day, you know? There's not much of a, communica- not much of a relationship there if it's all one-sided, right? Yeah. And guys, it's really important that you listen to your wives. <laughs> I'll just add that. Because, you know, if you, you never come in and listen, there's no communication. And then you want affection after that. Eh, that's as far as I'll go with that. <laughs> you got to feel connected. There's got to be a connection to get some direction. Amen. Okay. So when we go against what we have in our spirit, we'll lose clarity. It's dangerous to override what you have in your spirit. There's been times when, um, how many have ever, the Holy Spirit's ever told you to do something and you just went again, completely against what he said because you didn't want to do it? Maybe he, like me the other day when the Lord told me to buy that lady a drink that honked at me and I said, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I overwrote. I'm revealing all my stuff to y'all. But, um, you know, but we're all a work in progress. He's, he's working on us. And I'm, I'm thankful I'm not where I was. Uh, I'm on my way and God's move, working on me. But I'm hearing his voice clearer because I have listened and I have obeyed. And those times when you listen and obey, is, is, it brings clarity. And it's not just my way or the highway. You know, my sister gave me a cup that said, it's my way or the highway. It was from that movie. What was it? I forget now. I, anyways, um, she wasn't saying that to me. She was just, she thought it was a cute cup. But, um, you know, we can be that way with God. We can be like, you know what, God, I'm going to do this my way. I don't care what you say. You know, it's like, it's like Emma right now. She's having to lay down some feelings about Ryan leaving. Um, she could put her foot down and say, it's my way or the highway. But she's given in to the plan of God for, for her life and for his life and trusting God in that arena. And then God will be able to do more on the other side. Amen. And what I love about it is there's growth going on, not just in Ryan, but there's growth going on in Daniel and Emma by releasing and trusting, releasing and trusting. Amen. So when we grieve the spirit, we're disobeying and we open 
the door to the devil. And none of us want to open the door to the devil, right? Uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. It's important for us to obey his voice, to obey his leading, and to listen to his heart and what in every area of our life. And then remember the word and the direction of the Holy Spirit always agree. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to want another man's wife or another wife's husband or that goes against the word. Everything should come in line with the word of God. And so if you have a leading for something, you need to make sure that it's in the, in the word. And, uh, and then if you're un uncertain, come and ask. <laughs> we're, we're here to help you. But I, I'm pretty sure everybody here can hear the voice of the spirit and you have a good tuned in ear to what he has to say. So anyways, I, my heart about tonight is really just for us to go deeper into hearing his voice and to obeying his voice. Um, because when we go deeper, when people come in here as a whole, our church is going to go deeper. Um, and I know all of you guys want to go deeper. I know this is the, these are the deep people. Um, <clears throat> but I believe the Lord is moving. Uh, it's been prophesied over our church many times that we're an end times church. What does that mean, end times church? That means that we're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're going to give way for the Spirit of God to move. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants. But we have to be in tune to his, his leading and his voice on a day-to-day -day basis. So we know on Sundays, Wednesdays, the times that we're listening for what he wants for us next we can't just, oh, by the way, what do you have for us today? We've, it's got to be a training. It's gotta, we need to be skillful in hearing him, skillful in obeying him, skillful in, in doing what he wants us to do. And I would venture to say having a healthy fear of God if we don't. Amen? Because what that's going to do is open up the door for signs, wonders, and miracles for this place. And that's what people are hungry for is the supernatural. Amen? They want the supernatural. They're, they're yearning for it. And I, it's exciting to me to be able to hear the voice of the Spirit and for him to lead us and tell us things. And, you know, and the, one of the best ways that you can hear his voice is to pray in the Spirit every day. Tune your spirit in to what he has to say. Pray in the Spirit and uh, don't lean on your own understanding and let him lead you. But you've got to have the Word in your heart. The Word is what's going to be your guide it's, it's going to divide between soul and spirit, the word says. And, and so, and what that means is that it's going to divide between your emotion and what's truth. Because a lot of people are being led by emotion and saying it's God, and that's not true. We have to be careful that we're not being led by emotion. So the more you pray in the spirit, the more tuned in your heart will be to his voice. Amen.